You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 139 called 24 Websites Teachers Should Know About, part two. In this episode, we'll share the final 12 of 24 websites that teachers can use in their classrooms to help with everything from editing your writing to finding cool sound effects. This is another episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. So I think this is our last episode of our teaching school year, I believe, right? Correct. Yeah, we're we're really winding down. A lot of you guys listening to this might already be out of school or in your last week. We are here in New Jersey. We end a little bit later than a lot of other places. So we're we're closing in. I think we've got like three more weeks left as we're sitting down to record this. But the end is certainly in sight. There's energy in the air. The kids are a little bit wild this time of year, but it's also, I don't know, it's just a good atmosphere. Everybody's in like a little bit of a, a lighter mood and ready to move on. Yeah. So this year it's actually early for us because we usually get out somewhere around my son's birthday, which is the 20th. And I think we get out the 16th this year. So right. Pump that it's a little bit earlier. I wish that uh, we would start the school year earlier and a little bit earlier uh, like Pennsylvania does. But, you know, all is all. We'll take it. We'll take it. So let's get into our updates. Uh, last couple episodes, we've been talking that we'll be at SD and we will be. And I have the details here for you. We're doing a presentation on our EdTech Throwdown. It's called Personalized Learning Edition. Uh, so EdTech Throwdown Personalized Learning Edition, which is uh, our favorite thing to do at presentations. We get to do like a quick guide to several different tools that we've tried and we really liked. Uh, this will be on Monday, June 26th from 4 to 5 p.m. The location is 119 AB, which means nothing to me right now, but I'm sure <laughs> it means something to us when we get down there. Uh, hopefully that means we're on the first floor. I'm not even sure if the conference goes any other levels, but it's been a while since we've been to the convention center. Uh, the other thing is we're constantly adding to our website, gottech.com. On there you could find the AITeacher.tips uh, page. And if you're interested in artificial intelligence and kind of what it's doing and how it's shaping education, make sure that you go check out the AI Teacher Tips page on gottech.com. And then finally, I should be posting my annual blog uh, on uh, educational podcasts that inspire educators sometime within the next couple of weeks. If you have any suggestions, make sure you reach out to me on Twitter at guysgottech, and I'll make sure to take a listen to any episode that you recommend and perhaps put that podcast episode featured on to my blog article that gets a lot of traffic even if uh, you are the podcaster feel free to nominate your own uh, especially if it's not on the list from last year because I just like to showcase uh, all our teacher friends out there that are podcasting and doing good things for the teaching community 
This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. So what do you say we keep the introduction and updates short and jump straight into our uh, our last 12 websites? Yes. Well, I think it was pretty long as is, but uh, <laughs> let's get right into segment two. And I think you're going to start us off here with uh, one that looks pretty awesome. Yeah, this is this is really cool. It's called archive.org. So you can get there by simply typing that into any URL bar. And this is an internet archive, as it you know, as the name suggests. You know, which doesn't sound super exciting, but man, this is so cool because of how much stuff is there. So it's a it's a nonprofit um, organization that sort of hosts this website, and they have literally millions of free stuff on file. And I say stuff because they have everything. They've got books that you can click on and download the uh, digital book. They've got movies. They've got software. They've got music. They even archive old websites. And like a ton more stuff, um, you know, there's web-based things, there's text, like I said, video, audio, there's even TV shows that are on this. I'm just going through all the little icons. What is this one? Software. So like old software programs that you can actually download here. They just, it seems like these guys just want to be, what is this one? Concerts. Cool. Images, concert recordings. See, the list goes on and on. There's almost too much for me to even talk about on this website. But this type of thing is, is great for classroom research projects. This type of thing is great for, say you're trying to find a video that maybe you can't get to on YouTube or you can't download on YouTube or uh, maybe you just can't find anywhere online anymore. These, these archive websites a lot of times will have stuff like that. And it looks like archive.org is one that just has a ton of stuff. Um, they're, they're, uh, things are also grouped into some collections that are pretty interesting. So if you just go to the homepage and scroll down to the bottom, they've got groupings of things like, uh, you know, for example, one of them is called the Live Music Archive. So I, I'm assuming that would be a lot of their concert recordings. There's one called Canadian Libraries, which is a whole bunch of different stuff, all related to Canada. Another one called the Phone Software Archive, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's an archive of, you know, old retired Android apps and uh, metadata on those apps. So that's maybe if you're interested more in the computer side of things. But just so cool and so many different things. I would encourage you to check it out. I've already spotted like two or three different things that I think I could incorporate to some of the you know, more creativity-based projects that I do with my students throughout the year, like the podcasting project that I'm knee-deep in right now. Some pretty neat uh, ideas and sound effects that I could get from this this archive. So that's a cool one, archive.org. Check it out. Yeah, I like that one because anytime you are doing a project and you could give students a one-stop shop that's going to help them with their project, I think that's a win-win. Uh, my first one is called IconScout.com. Uh, as you could guess probably from the name, it is about uh, icons. There's a lot of icons and different types of icons. There's illustrative icons, 3D, 3D illustrations, and uh, Lottie animations. I'm not sure what a Lottie animation is. Me neither. It kind of looks and reminds me of a GIF. Uh, and there's constantly being uh, 
icons being added to the site. There's 7,000 plus new ones daily that they say that they add. So it's the world's largest icons uh, collection. So if you uh, take a look at the website, there are a couple things that stick out to me. Just the quality of these icons is pretty amazing. It's not your typical low-res icon. Uh, you can get ones that are animated, like there's a home button that is a record. Uh, it looks like a vinyl record, and uh, you can change the color to it. And you can... There's like the record is spinning round and round. So it just brings a little bit more attention to the home button. Uh, there are collections of icons. So you can go in there and if you want a marketed or marketing animated icon pack, you can download the pack. Um, they, like I said, they come in vector images, 3D images, uh, just flat icons, things like that. You could easily edit these icons like if you want a different color if you have a home button that you know is black right now you can edit it to be purple pink red orange blue uh, there are also several different home button uh, icons there that look different so that's pretty cool uh, another thing that i like is they have plugins that you could download with your different types of products so if you're on apple there's an apple pro uh, plugin there's a window plugin, uh, Figma, drag and drop plugin, Adobe XD, Sketch, G Suite, Office, Illustrator, Photoshop, and now Canva. And that one's new is the Canva one, which I'm very, very interested in because that's something that I use all the time. So check out Icon Scout if you have any use for designing something with icons on it. Which, which we all do. I mean, I, I, I think I've, I talk about this a lot, I'm afraid, on this show. But like every time I start a new topic or subject or unit or chapter, whatever you want to call it in my chem classes, I always try to, you know, give each of those units, let's say, a common theme. And that theme is often just a, a fancy looking little icon that goes at the top of every, you know, resource page or website or presentation or worksheet related to that and um, typically I get them from a site called the noun project which I would recommend that one as well if you guys want to check out something a little bit uh, simpler but man iconscout.com if you really want to get into it as you could probably have guessed from guys's description there iconscout has a ton of stuff and like more than just downloading a black and white icon which you can do from noun project for free uh, you can't get colored ones there as well, but they they charge you. But this has just so much stuff. What a what an amazing resource to check out. And those plugins, extra interesting. That's a whole world to dive into. Um, my next one is called pdfdrive.com. And, you know, this is maybe going to tie in with our next episode, which will be our, our summer to-do list or stuff we're looking forward to over the summer. Um, one of the things we always talk about, in that summer episode is summer reading and typically that involves buying a book but maybe it doesn't have to involve buying a book because at pdf drive they have 84 million ebooks downloadable for free no ads no limits they're not gonna like stop you if you do three in a day or something and um you know it's all all for free just there and they've got you know these are high quality books people that books that people would actually go out and buy 
you might be able to find it as a free PDF download here. Um, you know, here's a, a couple of the ones they're featuring on their main page. I, uh, I am Malala, the story of the girl who stood up for education. Resisting Happiness, a true story about why we sabotage ourselves. So they've got some self-help books, parenting books, motivational books, you know, pretty much any kind of book you want. But they're here in, in downloadable form. So this looks really cool. I'm going to check it out because often what stops me from doing that summer reading is I never actually take the time to go pick up a copy of the book or order the book. And with this, maybe I don't have to. So check it out, pdfdrive.com. Yeah, summer summer reading for me is big because uh, I am a big nonfiction reader. I love to read nonfiction. I love to absolutely wreck the book. So pretty much any time I buy a book, it's mine. I I can't really pass it on unless people don't like mind reading my notes that I put on the side. So as I read, I like to reflect on it and and make personal connections and put it on the side of a book and then at the end I go back and I reread everything that uh, I put in the spine of the book but to be honest with you I'd probably like reading it on a piece of paper better just because of how I annotate it and really wreck the book um, in a good way I would say because it does help with reflection. Let's get into my next one. It's called soundeffectsplus.com. I'm not going to say too much about it other than it has a huge collection, over 5,000 free sound effects recorded. Um, It's designed by a team of audio professionals uh, who own the copyright, but they give a lot of permissions out uh, for each specific sound effect, they should say. So you can use them in your projects for some of them. You just got to make sure that you read the uh, license agreement. Most of them say that you have to give credit or you could use them in projects that you're not making money off of or you can buy a license if you are making money off of them. Uh, Each one's different, so you have to go check those out. Uh, There are a lot of different ones. They're in a lot of categories as well. And like I said, a lot of them are free to use. Uh, you could go in and look at the ones that are more popular right now, like the bow and arrow uh, hitting a target, go-kart track ambience, uh, footsteps running on the road. So in our classes that we do podcasts, we had one student that did all of her own sound effects for her podcast. So I could see this being very useful for that because... You know, every time a door creaked in her podcast, it was a storytelling podcast, she put that creaking door in there. And the way that these are organized, you could easily get to what she needed. So I think this is an awesome one. Go check out soundeffectsplus.com. This next one is really fun, too. It's called playphrase.me, playphrase.me. Uh, more, more just a for fun site. I think I could see kind of making a, a little game out of this, perhaps. But the way it works is you you go there and there's a little search bar at the bottom of the screen, and you can type in uh, like any phrase or sentence you want that either you know is in a movie or you think might be in a movie. Uh, the one that popped up when I went to the homepage just now is "Good night, good night." which I would never think of that, but they suggested that as one. And what it does is it's going to search 
and show you all, in this case, 91 movies that have the phrase good night, good night, and it's going to play the clip from that movie where it's being said. So for, um, you know, good night, good night, the first one is from A Beautiful Mind. I didn't know that was in A Beautiful Mind, but it is, and I can watch the, the clip where Russell Crowe says it. And the next one is from The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Never saw that, but I guess they say good night, good night. Uh, the next one is from Milk, and then some movie called Over the Edge. The list goes on. There's 91 of these things. They even include, is that a TV show? No, that's a movie too. So I think it is just movies, but it's just really fun. And kind of the thing for me would be, you know, I could see sitting maybe with my class the last day of school or maybe even just a a group of friends and typing in a phrase and then trying to trying to guess what each of the movies is. I think this could be a good old time. And that is, again, called playphrase.me. Super cool little resource there. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I like all those different tools that allow us to find things that we might need very, very quickly. And I think that is one of them. Get into my next one. It's called the HemingwayApp.com. And the Hemingway app really makes your writing bold and more clear. So you could go in there and students can type away whatever. If, let's just say I would probably use this for a do now or a pre-writing exercise where they go in there and they might write or take a stab at a paragraph with a topic sentence, some background evidence, some analyzing and a wrap up sentence. Uh, they can type all that into Hemingway and then there's a button up at the top that says edit. So there's a writing tab, a toggle, and an edit toggle. So when you write, nothing shows up. It's just just your typing. That's it. And it's very clear. But when you go to edit, what it's going to do is it's going to analyze what you typed. So for the example that they use, it's really just showing you it's the directions on how to use the Hemingway app. And the first sentence comes up highlighted yellow, which means that it's very hard to read. The next sentence comes up red, which means it's very, very hard to read. And what they mean by that is it's so dense and so complex that it should probably be broken into two sentences and simplified. Uh, it's very wordy if I would actually read it. If you see a red highlight, your sentence is so dense and complicated that your readers will get lost trying to follow and try to follow its meandering, splitting logic. Try editing the sentence to remove the red. All right, so it's giving students feedback right in this. This is absolutely free, and it does give your writer some stats there, like what grade level did they write at? So this one is at a grade six. Um, Actually, it asks them to select their grade level, and it tells you if you're least writing at a grade six level. Uh, it tells you how many letters you use, characters you use, words you use, sentences and paragraphs. And then it will give you other feedback, such as uh, you have two adverbs meeting the goal of two or fewer. Uh, you have one sentence written in passive voice, uh, which you might want to go back and address. Uh, the phrase has a simpler alternative, so they're being too wordy, too complex, so they can shorten that up. So in this case, the one that they used is you can utilize a shorter word in place of a purple one. So they're saying utilize could be used for something 
something different, I guess, there. So when you hover over it, it gives you... Uh, you, it gives you alternatives such as instead of utilize a shorter word, it just says replace or omit. So you could choose one of those two to put in there. But overall, I would say this is pretty awesome, especially now that you know some of our other tools that we would always use, like Grammarly, now has all that AI built into the tool. So instead of having the AI do it, maybe you just ask them to use Hemingway. And Hemingway will give them suggestions, but it's not going to automatically edit everything with the AI uh, that pops up. Yeah, this is this is my tool of the show, a website of the show. So so neat the way it highlights things and like very clearly indicates not just where there's problems in writing, but what needs to be fixed. You know, I as a science teacher, I struggle a lot getting the kids to write well. I think they can write much better than they do for me because they're like, oh, I'm in science. Writing is not a concern. Um, but at least in, you know, it should be in all classes because writing is like everything. We've talked before about how we spend most of our days writing to people in some form or another. So you got to be good at writing. doesn't matter what you do. I love this tool, Hemingway Editor. Uh, the next one's really great too. It's called simplepdf.eu. And this is a, essentially an online PDF editor. I get this a lot from teachers here at our school that come to me with a PDF where they either can't enter things into the fields properly the way they want to or at all, and they're frustrated. And that's kind of the idea behind a PDF, right, is it's not as easy to edit. So if you have something that's a little more secure or you don't want people changing it, use a PDF. Well, that can be frustrating too, um, but with this simple PDF.eu, it actually makes that really easy. Yeah, I, I love these ones. These, these quick grab and go does a specific function or has a specific purpose. These are the ones that we like to keep in our back pocket as uh, ed tech coaches. And uh, I think this is one that's going to definitely go there because it's just super simple and there's no sign-ups or, or gimmicks or anything like that. You don't need to try to guess which one of the download buttons is an advertisement versus <laughs> the actual thing that you want to download. It's, it's super clean. So that's a great one. My next one is an AI tool. And I typically shy away from all these, hey, just describe what you want and we'll make you an app. But I really like this one. It's called buildai.space. And really, if you're a decent, not even a decent, you don't need to be decent for this, uh, for this tool. Prompting. Writing a prompt. If you think about everything that you want in a spreadsheet or something like that, this prompt that you create will make an app for you. For example, if I said that I wanted a, I wanted to go on a diet, which I don't, but I should, uh, you know, I got that insulated six pack and everything going for me, dad bod, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but anyway, say I wanted to go on a diet, I wanted to start making a healthy meal to replace my dinners. My dinners right now are kind of a grab and go type thing where, you know, I'm not really trying to keep my calorie intake under a certain level. 
but say for a couple weeks before we get out of uh, school, you know, maybe I want to shed those five pounds. I could just go in there and, and put, please make me an app that is a meal plan for the next month where I only have five to 600 calories for this meal. Please give me the recipes, the descriptions, and any other things that I might need in order to make this meal. Include how long it's going to take for me to prepare it and cook it. And then hit enter. And then all of a sudden what you're going to see is a button that says generate app and it will go do it for you. And it will turn it into an app for you. Alright, so it's, it's pretty cool. There's one on here that they asked for vegan food uh, and they typed in please exclude all foods that have a peanut allergy and they they ran that one and it's like breakfast lunch dinner and a snack in there all right so this may not be tailored to education but it doesn't mean it it can't be you can come up with ways of keeping track of your students, especially at the elementary level. We keep asking elementary teachers to keep the progress of their their students, especially the skills as they go throughout the year. So why not try to make an app for that if you don't already have something that works? That's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's super easy. It takes like five minutes. And if, if you don't like it, that's five minutes that could have saved you a whole lot of time. If you do find something useful, it reminds me of, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say 10 years ago when, you know, iPhones really became, it's longer than that, but like really when everybody had phones that had apps, there's a little phrase uh, that people, people were saying for a while, uh, which was, there's an app for that. Because at the time there's just this explosion of, there's an app for this, there's an app for that. And, and now we sort of, we don't say that anymore because we just accept it, right? We know there's an app for that. It's not like a thing. But uh, maybe the phrase of twenty the twenty twenties is going to be you can build an app for that because with AI like this you don't even need to know how to code really because it it can do all of that automatically for you and this is really really cool. Uh, so is my next resource, uh, which is called OnlineSequencer.net. This is one of many tools that will allow you to create your own music. Uh, I'm going to try a little experiment here. While you were talking over that last one, I was clicking on some squares in different note ranges. I don't know anything about music at all. I took like five guitar lessons when I was in middle school, and that's about it. So I have no idea what I've put together here, but I'm going to click play on my song and see. It's probably going to sound like garbage, but let's give it a listen. There you go. So that is about 10 seconds of me clicking on these little squares in different notes and letting it play through with the instrument electric piano suggested. Here's why I like stuff like this. Um, I do, and a lot of teachers at our school and all over the place now are doing podcasting projects or video projects. We do a whole course where students podcast and one of the problems is finding music that is not copyrighted that you can actually use. And there's lots of ways to get music. Uh, but one place that I plan on taking my class projects uh, next year is having them use some of these tools to make their own music. You can see from that little clip, you don't really need skill. You need to just 
you know, know a couple things about how to work this on this particular one. You just click in different notes that you want to play and then sort of replicate that for, a, you know, a few beats down the line. You can get really fancy with this if you want and set different time signatures and uh, instruments. And there is a lot you can do here that I'm not going to get into because I'm not a music person. But the point is you could make your own little intro music segment and if you make it and download it, then you don't have to worry about any of these copyright issues that we run into where you're essentially stealing someone else's creation. And I say with these online tools like onlinesequencer.net, you know, why not do that? Why not let kids know? And we've actually have kids all the time that know a lot about making music. There's one in our class right now, and that's like, I'm pretty sure how this kid spends all his time is just in his room putting different mixes and beats together and then kids like that are really going to be able to run with this and maybe even help out some of the other ones that are just learning about making their own music for the first time but this is a cool resource that's uh, at onlinesequencer.net so i told you earlier that i really like all these curated sites where you could go and you could find pretty much anything that you would need in one area and my next one is about that too but it's about that with news and articles and things like that it's called alltop.com and what it does is it takes all the top news it categorizes it and it puts it in one spot the home page for this is just all the top places to get news like the new york times front page TechCrunch, mashable reddit news the verge tech Meme, uh NPR News, Washington Post, CNN, things like that. And what it does is it lists the top five or six uh, articles, I guess, it's getting the most traction. But there are several different topic headings up at the top, such as viral, which is all the viral things. News, technology, sports, entertainment, lifestyle, business, and other. So if I go under viral and I click on it, uh, it's coming up with uh, dozens of drones attack Moscow. Uh, Wagner boss denies coup. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff on here that's getting the buzz at this point in time of the day uh, on June 1st, 2023, when we uh, record this. So the biggest thing is the drone attack. So it will show you that if we go to entertainment. And we click on entertainment it's going to come up with uh, a whole set of things on entertainment and those popular news styles same thing with business um, and sports like the yankees lost last night one nothing and there's an article that says what's wrong with the yankees i'm just going to tell you it's one game they'll be okay uh, but I really like these types of sites because especially if you're teaching something, a current events class or something like that, world news, you can go and you can find this stuff uh, in one spot. So as a teacher, maybe I want to start every Friday off with a current event. Then maybe I'll just go onto the site on Friday and I'll find a current event, bring it up, have them read it as uh, they walk in and then we'll talk about it for a couple seconds or maybe you want to have your students find current events find one that they like that they want to talk about they you could tell them about alltop.com they could come here find their own 
maybe they get in a circle or small groups and they take turns sharing their article with uh, their, their other peers. And then after they share their articles in small groups, they, they find the one that they like to represent their group and they share that one with the, the, the class. So there's a lot of exposure to articles about a certain topic or a lot of exposure to current events so we can all stay up to date with the times. And then my last one is for those of you that really want to go deep into the AI world, it's called huggingface.co. Um, it's hard for me to describe what huggingface.co actually does because while I know a lot about AI as it pertains to education and its use, I don't know a lot about the sort of back-end stuff about how it's used. So I'll just say if you're into that, check it out. Um, it's, you know... Generally, they are trying to be a, it seems to me like a spot where anyone can go to sort of bring together the best AI chat models uh, that exist, uh, uh, at least as of right now, and make them available to people to use for all kinds of different purposes. The reason we're bringing it up on the show is because one of the really cool models available there uh, that I think is just super fun is you can upload a picture of your choice and then insert a prompt that will, uh, you know, a, a request to change that picture. So I could put a picture of my face and then ask it, can you change my nose into a clown nose? Or can you change my face so that I'm part human, part uh, lion, let's just say, whatever you want, and it's gonna do it. And that is a, a very interesting manipulation. I know there's tons of AI editing tools out there right now, but the this one, the ability to change something that you upload you can even draw a picture yourself from the beginning and then have it adjust that really really awesome and um you know that's the main reason we're bringing it up but like i said if you're deep into ai tons of cool stuff here at huggingface.co that one's cool i'm not gonna lie all these ai picture editors i could see how these can be used in a terrible terrible way but I could also see how they could be used in a beneficial way. Uh, I, I love just trying different prompts and trying to figure out uh, how we can manipulate AI to make us something really, really abstract and, and cool. All right, my last one is ed.ted.com. So I used to really like watching TED Talks. I used to do it once every morning or a couple times a week or or whatever it may be, but I just felt with all the TEDx stuff, it was kind of in how popular TED Talks got that it was really straying away from what I wanted it for, which I wanted to learn something about something around education or bettering myself. And I, I felt like there were a lot of business things out there and, and topics that did not relate to me. So um, ed.ted.com what that does is it really just organizes all these TED Talks into ones that are specific for education. And what's cool about this site is that there's a place where it says students start here, educators start here, parents start here. So it's going to further, I don't know, separate the different videos that fit education into a smaller collection just by clicking on students, educators, and parents. 
I clicked on the students one and I really, really, really like the one video. It's called What is Imposter Syndrome? And I know that we talk about this in our classes all the time as podcasters. It's Imposter syndrome is real. I, I'd say that it took us probably 100 plus episodes for us to not feel like um, podcasting is a bunch of frauds. <laughs> I mean, do we really know enough about ed tech to talk about it all the time? And at first we were like, uh, you know, we're staying one step ahead of our listeners. And I'd argue that a lot of teachers stay one step ahead of their students when they teach especially when they're teaching something new, it doesn't make you an imposter. It just means that, you know, you may not have your double doctorate in that topic, but you are knowledgeable about it and you're, you're more knowledgeable than the people that you're teaching or the, the people that I'm listening to in this TED ed is uh, more knowledgeable about the topic than I am. So I really like watching these. Uh, when I click on educators, uh, these seem to be more of a collection of um, ways that you can get involved with TEDx and and also they seem to be more of a PD type thing uh, that you can watch. So there are a lot of ideas that will allow you to spark the curiosity of learners. So if you click on those, really you're clicking on discoverable lessons. And you're looking at a lot of the same ones that the students are looking at, but you're looking at it in a different way, like the, the way of the teacher and how they would bring it into the classroom. So I think that is super, super awesome. It's, it's basically lessons at the tip of your fingers. If I would use a TED Talk, I would just use clips of the TED Talk in my classroom. I very rarely have students sit down and watch a complete video or documentary or something like that, unless it's a special occasion. But I do like taking chunks of videos, two, three minutes, that's going to help get a point across or, or it's going to portray something that we could talk about in deeper detail. So Ted Ed, go check it out. And uh, that wraps up our list of 12, our final of the 24, actually, but 12 for this part two. As always, everyone do us some favors. Please subscribe on Apple or uh, check us out on Spotify or Google Podcasts or really anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, our YouTube channel, you can just search for Got Tech the Podcast and you'll find us. Twitter, you'll find us as well. We've each got our own Twitter handles. Nick got teched, Geist got teched, or we got teched if you just want to follow the show. Um, you can also write us a review. That would be extra helpful. Check out our website, gottech.com, for all of the episode releases and much more. You know, you can tell your friends that we exist and other educational podcasts exist. If you're doing that, you could also tell your friends about the Teach Better podcast network that we are a part of, where you can find us and many other awesome educational-themed podcasts. Thanks a lot for listening.
Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geis and I individually at Geis Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.